Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Science Solved It postseason wrap-up. I'm Kaylee Rogers. And I'm Tim Barnes. Tim is the man behind the scenes who does all of the editing and the sound design and all the great things that make the show what it is. So I wanted to make sure that you got to hear a bit from him today while we talk about how we made the show and what we're hoping to do next season. Tim, any thoughts now that we've finished? We've got seven episodes in the can. We've finished our first season. How do you feel? I'm so relieved. I mean, (laughs) this is a great podcast. Cast, but it's a lot of work putting these together. Absolutely. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. What was your favorite episode? Well, I like them all. But my favorite episode was probably the Marfa Lights. Yeah. Because I really liked the story of Marfa and just this sort of love for West Texas. It made me really want to go there and yeah, see Yeah, there was a lot of sentiment in that episode. I was editing it and I was tearing up. You know? <laughs> Michael wrote an essay about the Marfa Lights back in 2006. It's kind of a love letter to the lore of these weird floating specters. They're, they're white, but they, they kind of blink on and off and they seem to be moving. When I first saw them, I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. These lights would come on and off and they would move to the left and they would move to the right. And I was like, what, what are these things? You know, you're looking out into this total blackness. You can see like little shapes of mountains maybe against the horizon, but you see these lights coming off, on and off, and it's like, oh my God, this, this, there's really something crazy here. Michael and his wife got married in nearby Alpine, Texas. It's about a half hour from Marfa. And the wedding party even went out to see the lights the night before the wedding. We all wound up at the Marfa light station. We'd always wind up at the Marfa lights. Part of the reason I wanted to do this wrap-up is to explain a bit about our process, how we made the show, and sort of why we're doing it in a season instead of just perpetually making it. I mean, part of that is because this is a labor of love that we do on top of everything else we do. So, Tim, how many shows are you currently producing? It's close to to 10. Close to 10 shows. Okay. And most of those are weekly? Most of those are weekly, yeah. So Tim's producing 10 podcasts (laughs) with new episodes every week, and I am a full-time staff writer at Motherboard, which means I write and report one or two stories every day. I'm often out in the field. I was away for part of this season while we were trying to do this (laughs) in Guatemala, and then I was in Orlando, and I was doing all these things. So this is something that we do because we love it, and it's like a passion project on top of everything else. But in order to do a good show and get the stories we want to tell, 
it's a lot easier if we can take a little break, start working on the next season, and then bring it to you all at once. Yeah, and it took a while to even get the first episode out. I remember I started working here in October, and I think around then is when you told me that you had this idea for a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the amount of interviews you had to do and the amount of writing you had to do for each episode... How did, how did you handle all that? It was a lot, and it was sort of trying to find extra time to do it because this really isn't technically my job. You know, there were a few late nights where I was staying writing scripts or preparing interviews or doing research. What's the key to getting a scientist on the phone? Well, I do that all the time for my regular stories, so that wasn't too difficult for me. I think the bigger issue was finding interesting mysteries that had been solved and that had an interesting story to them. They weren't just, like, solved immediately and... It was what everyone thought it was. You know, you got to find these stories that have some kind of like other theories to them or took a long time to figure out. And yeah, the stories that we got, I was really happy with because they all kind of had that mystery to them. All right, let's talk about it. You got a glass of water right here. More than half, maybe, of the answers to the season one problems had to do with H2O. Yes. Was this something you had in mind? Absolutely Was this something you not. even realized? <laughs> it wasn't anything I realized until I think two episodes in, I started <laughs> to get comments from listeners being like, huh, that's funny. Like they both had to do with water and ice. <laughs> and when I looked at that, then I looked at our season ahead and I was like, oh no, so does episode three. So, you know, and I was like looking at all these different things and it happens a lot. I guess, I mean, in nature, water is a powerful force. So One could say, I know this isn't proper for a science podcast, is water magic? I mean, it's a kind of magic. It's it's very important. It's it's a, one of the building blocks of life, so we got we to gotta preserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what was your favorite episode? I think the Floating Rocks is actually my favorite episode. It was the one that I needed to actually visualize like what is that what is happening here and it was sort of challenging finding sounds that represent a sheet of ice moving rocks and what's the right music for this tone and all that kind of stuff yeah that must have been challenging (laughs) how do you find how do you find the different sounds that you use to sort of do an audio illustration (laughs) if you will like that's how i feel when i'm listening to the podcast after you're done with it is yeah i can picture in my mind what I'm talking about because the sounds are sort of... It's kind of a challenge. Well, there's a service of full of sound effects that uh, we have here at Vice, and there's not a sound for everything that you would need, like the floating Marfa lights. If you type in lights into a, a service of sound effects, it's... I don't know what... That was, that was the most challenging one. How do I represent the idea of light with sound? Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the episodes revolved around things that are really visual. And so we're trying to tell this story in an audio format and explaining to people something that they can't see in front of them. So that's been a challenge. I mean, obviously the bloop was an exception to that, but trying to work through how do I describe this? How much detail do I need to put in the script? And then how is Tim going to add these sound effects to really illustrate what we're talking about here? And I think we've had success. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we've got fans. Yeah. Did anyone call in? So I put my number in the last episode, and I don't know if I didn't give people enough time or what, but only one person called in. It was my desk phone. Like, that's the number I gave out. And I just answered, and someone hung up on me. So it might have been, like, people were a little weirded out that I was answering my own oh, phone. Oh, gotcha. Okay. We did get one message from a listener named Craig in Chicago. This is the, like, ideal message I could have ever hoped to receive. So it made me really happy. So even though we only got one, it was, like, the best one ever. Okay. So do you want to listen to it? Yeah, let's listen to it. Hi, Kaylee. Uh, this is Craig from Chicago. I was uh, just wanted to tell you that... Um, 
after your comment on the ghost trees episode about you finding uh, nature's ability to adapt uh, mystical, I looked up the I looked up mystical in the dictionary to sort of reacquaint myself with the word, and, um, and it said, I'm looking it up on my phone where I had it. Having a spiritual meaning or reality that is neither apparent to the senses nor obvious to the intellect. And I was just, it made me think there's so much phenomena in nature that isn't obvious to our intellect and it, intellect, and it takes a deep methodical in, investigation to reveal the truth. And those truths are often awe-inspiring. And I just love that this, that your podcast, um, celebrates this process of finding the truth and makes it accessible. So keep it up. Hope, looking forward to more episodes. Best wishes. Bye. That was beautiful. Wasn't that nice? Yeah. That's exactly what my goal and hope for the show was, was to make people feel awe-inspired and excited about the world that we live in. You know, especially right now, it's nice to have a, a bit of escapism where you can just celebrate the fun and mysterious and weird, wonderful things that are in the world. I have one correction, though, on his definition of mystical. As we all know, mystical is a rap artist. (laughs) You missed that part, but I mean, that goes without saying, so... (laughs) Hey guys, it's Kaylee just checking in from vacation. After we recorded this episode, we actually got another call from a listener, and I loved it so much that I really wanted to include it, so please have a listen to what this listener had to say. Hi, my name is Amanda, and I'm a writing professor calling from Statesboro, Georgia. I wanted to say how much I love learning from Science Solved It. I especially love that Science Solved It gives me one more way to connect with my museum buddy, my dad, a mechanic and jack-of-all-trades who lives in Newport News, Virginia. With more than 500 miles between us, it's a bit hard for us to museum together more than once or twice a year, but Science Solved It gives us a weekly science mystery to keep us curious. We cannot wait for season two. Thanks, Kaylee and Motherboard. So what are you hoping for our next season? I'm partially interested in mysteries that haven't been solved as well, mm. but maybe you yourself can be part of the solving process. We could solve a mystery yeah. next season? Do you season? think you have enough skill to solve a major science mystery of the world? No, but that would be a really good episode, so that's a good goal for next season. And you already know a team of scientists, the people we've talked to last exactly. season. I know lots of people would do this. <laughs> You can connect the dots. Yeah. You can be, you know, in those action movies or like The Matrix, there's always that guy who's like watching everything. It's like, oh, no, go over here. That's you. That's you. Yeah, definitely. I think what I'm hoping for next season is more episodes. So maybe a 10 episode season or something like that. And I'd love to get out in the field and be at the Martha Lights or be at the Nazca Lines or whatever next season stories are to sort of capture that emotion, that feeling when you're there looking at this phenomena. I'm going to call it. Science Solved It, Viceland series. Ooh, like a TV show. All right, if you guys are fans of that idea, <laughs> make sure you, you write to your cable subscriber. Yeah. <laughs> um, or a Science Solved It episode. I'm sure Jesus and Mero have solved something. Yeah. yeah. You should talk to them. Yeah. They probably solved all the mysteries. Here's one mystery life. that I want to be solved. Maybe we can save this for April Fool's. This is a major scientific issue in the world that no one has been able to to figure out how this happened. Eric Andre and Rosario Dawson are dating. How'd this happen? It seems impossible. When did this happen? It happened, I think, a couple months ago is when it became official on the internet. Wow. Well, internet official. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, when it became known to the world via the internet. So maybe we need to explore more ideas of what a mystery can be. Yeah. Kind of broaden that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I had one more question for you. So Something our listeners maybe had noticed. I didn't really realize this until I started listening to the show myself that I have a Canadian accent and <laughs> certain words, like when I say out or about, it sounds yeah. funny. Did you have any trouble editing me or understanding me at all? Sometimes I did. <laughs> yeah, sometimes or I think I combined a few files so it sounded more like English to my ears. <laughs> but for the most part, I think the Canadian accent is wonderful. I wish I had it. Yeah, it's most, mostly you can understand. Every yeah. now and then I would say a word and Tim would stop me. Because sometimes you misspeak when you're recording for, you know, 25 minutes at a time. And he'd stop me and go, did you misspeak? Or is, yeah. is that or how is that... Canadians pronounce it? Yeah. Is that actually a word? Or is... I don't know what you said there. And I'd yeah. have to be like, uh, that's how I say it. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say that all of the comments we've gotten on iTunes and the feedback and tweets we've gotten have been really helpful for building the next season any advice or ideas you have, I would love to hear it. Even if you're like, I hate that you do this, that's helpful to me because then I won't do that anymore. <laughs> so send me a tweet at Science Solved It or at Kaylee Rogers, K-A-L-E-I-G-H-R-O-G-E-R-S. That's probably the quickest way to send me your thoughts, but you can also send us an email or you can call that number still. That is my desk line, so I'll always be there to pick it up. Yes, and tell Neil deGrasse Tyson about it if you know him. I'm sure someone listening knows him. Yeah, I feel like he would be into this, right? Yeah. Him and Bill Nye. Once yeah. we get them as listeners, then the whole world's going to know. All right, thanks very much, guys, for a great season, and we'll see you back in a few months. I believe in you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.